0: You believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters, and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Welcome back to Architecting. Today's show is about a topic that I know is very close to many of your hearts, Always interested in providing you with the best, most meaningful content because the purpose of the architecting community is to help you function at your highest level. Do your best work because the world needs you to be showing up that way. Not as somebody who feels like a victim or feels put upon or has a scarcity mindset and wants to just keep playing by the same rules of the game. I think we all know that the world is in a state of disruption right now because the old systems don't work. They are breaking down. And I want to help you be at the forefront of catalyzing change, change for the better. So I'm always welcome to your questions and suggestions for topics This one came in from Leland, and honestly, Leland, you are not alone. I hear this a lot. There's this frustration about, I'm trying to build a case for a raise at my two-year review. I haven't had one since I started here. That can be a really frustrating thing. In a healthy company, you would absolutely have an annual review. You would be setting goals with the person who did your review, and that would be a very clear way to measure your performance going forward. However, a lot of companies don't have a good system in place for reviews There's inconsistency in when they happen because people get busy, or the company may not want to authorize all of that non billable time because you do a review. Clearly, this is an administrative expense, and a review can be anywhere between an hour and two hours long. So, it can take a lot of time, it can take a lot of resources that if your company is operating from lack-based thinking can view as time that could be better spent doing billable work. However, we also know that our staff is our most valuable asset in any company. The cost to recruit a staff member The cost to keep them employed is far more than a salary. There are all kinds of other benefits and required costs that an employer has to put in that nearly double what the salary you are paying that person would be. So it really is important that as we nurture this resource, It will pay dividends because when you feel seen and heard and valued, you are more engaged and the company benefits. If you're interested in some very strategic how-to's of getting this done, please go to my website right on the front page at architectingpodcast.com. You will see a link to get my free resource on getting a raise and a promotion. It's a PDF document that you can download for free, and it gives you some very strategic things that you can do to make the case for your value and how you and the company are aligned in making a difference. What I want to focus on today is more of a root cause kind of a thing. I can tell you all of these prescriptive steps. But you're not going to be able to take them or execute on them very well if you don't get aligned with your purpose and your clarity first. One of my coaches refers to it as plugging in the toaster. You can go out and buy the most deluxe, high-end, late model toaster. But no matter what the toaster is capable of doing, it isn't going to work if you don't plug it in. I think a lot of us love to focus on the technical things we can do. It almost becomes a distraction. I can go get this certification. I can volunteer to do this or that. I can work overtime. I can build a skill set. And we focus on all these external things, yet we fail to make that energetic connection that could be the game changer. I can also go buy the most basic toaster, but if I plug it in, it has value to me versus the fancy one that is not plugged in. And I think we make the mistake of giving our power away and thinking that it is our employer's job to make that connection, to put that plug into the socket when actually it is ours. We are the ones that need to activate ourselves. We are the ones who need to be able to demonstrate that there is real value there, that there is real energy there, and that that energy is magnetic. Worked with a lot of people who are very technically skilled. They're doing all the things, but they're not somebody that any employer would want to put in front of a client. They don't have any ability to make a personal connection to build trust, to be likable. It comes down to your clarity and your passion. That passion, that's what resonates. That's what activates people, that wakes them up, that gets them excited and interested the first thing that you need to realize is that you are not for everyone and i say this all the time because i know we are in a very codependent industry that predicates everything in people pleasing and we make people wrong when we're not happy with them and we teach from architecture school forward this idea of making other people happy, of perfectionism, of comparing ourselves to others to measure up. And as we do that, we really shortchange ourselves because the only way you can appeal to the masses is to be super generic. There's a certain base value in mass appeal. Mass appeal is just that. It doesn't hold high value. It isn't something you seek out. It's a dime a dozen as we follow our career path and we take that mass appeal approach because we got the attaboy from our boss or the client seemed happy because we agreed to do what we asked or when we were asked to do something in an unreasonable timetable we still said yes all of the things right when we do that stuff we devalue ourselves And then we wonder why nobody sees us. It has to start with clarity around your purpose because your purpose is your differentiator. Your dreams, your biggest dreams are your clue here. So I want you to tap into why are you doing this? Why did you choose architecture as a profession in the first place? Really get in touch with how that felt. All those deep track things that you don't talk about, that you may be buried, I want you to let them surface. And I want you to not judge them because they are your differentiator. They are unique to you. I gave the example to my stressless success class I've never had any desire to be a Broadway performer. Not once. No desire there at all. That's not my big dream, but for someone else it is, right? It's all they've ever aspired to do. Big dreams, big dreams are your calling. And there's a reason that something is your calling and not another thing. There's a reason why something is your calling and not someone else's. So pay attention to those things. Even though they're very broad, they're very high level, how you do anything is how you do everything. And so to really plug in our toaster here, we have to activate the big dream, but we cannot do that if we don't know what it is. So step one is getting clear on your why. Step two is to bring that to everything you're doing. It's like a filter. Every time we apply that filter, no matter what it is that we're doing, it's tweaked just a little bit to skew towards the values in the filter. You can think of it as a photo effect that you're applying. Clarendon is different from gingham, which is different from moon or lark or crema in Instagram. Whatever that filter is, it takes the photograph and it changes it according to the rules built into that filter. You need to find your filter and that filter is going to then apply to whatever specific task is put in front of you, much like you would apply filter to a photograph. By doing that, you activate your passion around the task we know the tasks we prefer to do the things we love the things we view as the get to do and we know the things that are the have to do the chore based tasks the things we don't love to do and for different people it could be different things some people love creating door schedules and getting into high specificity other people love playing with technology and ai other people love research, whatever your get to do is, that's where you want to play all the time. Those are the things you gravitate to and the rest of it feels like you're kind of dragging yourself along to get it done. But if you applied your filter, now you could find how do I take that task that was the have to do task and put a little bit of me energy into that task. It's going to motivate you. It's going to give a broader spectrum to whatever the things you love to do are going to help ground you and give you a more multifaceted way of thinking about what you're passionate about. It's going to help you differentiate the way you do a task from the way the person sitting next to you might do it. Step three is that you are telling a story in the way that you do everything throughout your day in every interaction with people. Because when we are lit up, when we're excited about what we're doing, when we see the possibilities in every scenario, we stay positive. We don't feel like a victim We can be much more discerning about what opportunities are the right ones for us. We can spend our time more wisely and get much more leverage out of the things we choose to be doing, and we can consistently be presenting that. I recently had the honor of celebrating my friend Diana's Elevation to Fellow at the A23 Conference on Architecture a couple weeks ago. And I'm often approached by people to write letters in support of either their ACHA fellowship or their AIA fellowship. I also am involved at AIA Cincinnati on helping to coach prospective fellows on how to put together their application. And I always start with saying, you got to find your why. You can say, Angela equals the impact of design on well-being. And you see that from day one of architecture school. You see that in everything I've chosen to do, in every professional organization I've been part of, every initiative I take on. There is a consistent through line there. When we do that in a fellowship application, someone who's looking at you know hundreds of these knows what your thing is. And so now they know what to look for. In our Stressless Success class is focusing a lot on this idea of the brain is a search engine. It looks for evidence of what we tell it to look for. And that works internally, but it also works externally. When you're connected with your why and you can tell your story, you are activating the search engine in the brains of the people who are interacting with you. You're telling them what to look for. A successful fellowship application will, throughout the entire application, keep bringing up this theme of what the person equals and will show how it had an impact on the profession at every level consistently. It's what makes a good proposal when you want to win a job, right? Your company equals And you're going to have a theme and that theme is going to carry consistently in everything you do, everything you say from how the company operates to its philosophy around approach to design, to culture, to resources, to the evidence that will show up in previous work. You're going to see that if you're successful, that is what magnetizes people to you is that story they know what you're about they see evidence about it and they see that you're excited about it that it matters that you're doing and saying things that are having an impact around that why that purpose and then they get excited too these things are what plugs in your toaster not the amount of features that you can build into it. Getting clear on your story. Finding a way to make that story the filter for everything you do. And finally, telling that story. Letting people know what to look for. Sharing your why and sharing your passion and your energy. That will add value to your career consistently It will build momentum in every interaction you have, in every project you work on, in any initiative you take on, in any professional organization that you are part of. Like I said, you're not for everyone. So there are for sure going to be people that don't resonate with your why, don't get excited about it, don't believe it, are skeptical. Those are not your people. So let that go but there are people who absolutely are going to resonate with your why. And when you're too busy being bland, too busy trying to appeal to everyone, you can't reach those people. But when you are very clear, when you can let go of the need to be for everyone and be very specifically about your why and who you're here to serve and how you can make a difference, you will gain traction with that audience and you will be super high value to them. At whatever level you are in your career, you will be able to contribute something. That is how you can activate earning more money, getting a promotion, being seen in the world as an influencer and really having the impact you were meant to have. Leland, I hope that this fleshes out your answer to the question. And after listening to this, don't forget to go to architectingpodcast.com and download my free resource on getting a raise and promotion. It has even more in there about some of the technical things you can do to show your value once you've done the stuff we talked about today in the podcast. Be well, everyone. Refer, like, and review this podcast. I always appreciate your feedback as well. So share, tag me at Podcast on Instagram or find me on LinkedIn or email me. I loved hearing back from you. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired. <music>